0: Love Talk
1: Radio Yo, this is your boy G-Ski Rocks And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women Of the world I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision But I want you to think about
2: To Pro-Life Fridays Radio, this is Friday, July 19th, 2013. Welcome to another wonderful broadcast of Pro-Life Fridays Radio. I am LaTisha Wong, your host on the air with my good, dear friend, Thomas Smith. Thomas, are you there?
3: Yep. Don't you mean the other co-host?
2: Yes. Yeah, you just okay. am talking. talking. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you have something to share with us. Um, You are, right now, you are on, we'll call you on location. You're still on location.
3: Why, yes, I am. I'm in this really pretty suburb of Chicago. Well, I don't, I think they actually disown Chicago, but Wheaton, Illinois, very beautiful (laughs) town, hanging out with two very crazy, but beautiful, awesome ladies one or both of whom you'll hear from in a little bit. Um,
2: what time did you want them to call in, by the way? Uh, About 5.15 would be great, but if they, if it takes them a little longer to get on the air, we will go after our segment with our our scheduled guest.
3: Well, I think actually 5.15 will be fine. Cause, All right. Yeah, so, well... You know how we roll, so let's get started so you can get your monologue on. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says this, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for opportunity for myself and Letitia to be a part, to take part in the press conference for Tanya Reeves. Lord, we also thank you for the hospitality that we were shown by two awesome individuals, Lord God. And we pray that as we take this fight to a whole other level, that you would expand our territory, increase our reach, and to allow us to compel people to not just talk about it, but be about it. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Petition, Amen. take away your love, and- <laughs> Okay. Well, girls, don't so stick around because we still need you. Uh, I know you're on location, but you're not on vacation until this call is over. <laughs> yep. So yesterday, yesterday we uh, a couple days ago, we made the trip up to Chicago together to attend the Justice for Tanya press conference. And that was put together by many, many leaders in the black community that are actually standing up and speaking out for social justice, social justice as it is properly defined and not the leftist progressive understanding of socialist uh, of, of social justice, I might add. Um, and we just encountered the most passionate, God-fearing, 100% caring individuals that you will ever meet on the face of this planet. And, you know, to for me to go there and to talk, talk with them as a member of the media and to listen to what they had to say about the tragedy that happened
4: uh, to the
2: Reeves family because Tanya Reeves was killed by Planned Parenthood. And I'm not going to mince words about that. She was killed by Planned Parenthood. That's just the long and short of it. Yep. And how nobody seems to be paying any attention to that, but everybody in the media seems to be paying attention to the Martin Zimmerman incident. So what I'm going to do is I don't want to beat a horse to death, but it's not dead yet, seeing as everybody else on the uh, on Twitter and on Facebook and in the media and even our presidents are weighing in on this Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman Uh, issue Uh, i have just one last thing to say I, i don't know maybe i'll say some more but this is what i wanted to cap that incident with uh no pun intended so what i'm going to do is make the margaret singer opinion on the martin zimmerman incident which includes her opinion on what the what our president weighing in on the issue, what her opinion of him would be. All right, now this is not now. Just remember, these are not my words. These are the words of what of Margaret Sanger. Should she be alive today to witness this? I'll do my best to do a Margaret Sanger voice, but please forgive me if I don't. <laughs> None of this mess would have ever happened if one or both individuals had been aborted before they ever walked the earth and by both individuals she means Trayvon Martin or George Zimmerman no seriously Trayvon Martin would have been better off aborted that way his mother would not have experienced the suffering of his later death by having him murdered before he was born It would have been a gun and bullet-free affair, because we all know how nasty guns are. Only knowledgeable and trained, civilized people, like we are raising in the hallowed halls of government law enforcement, should have guns. And that's only until all the people are under control, and the next generation is made into a superior genetic product. Now... George Zimmerman likewise should have been aborted so that his mother would not have abused him as a child. How much better for him and his mother on top of that? I mean how much better for him and his mother sorry lost my script. On top of that, the government cost to bring this Mexican half breed to trial was an utter waste. Nothing he did hasn't been done before by better and more fit people. There is nothing remarkable or noteworthy about what happened. One human weed killing another human weed is of little to no importance. That they had both been allowed to live past the age of six months is the tragedy that I worked hard as the founder of the American Birth Control League To eliminate Now To Margaret Sanger's credit And not much I might add Margaret Sanger was a consistent little devil She did not do as many Leftist, leftist pro-abortion progressives do today And pretend to help Minorities while at the same time ensuring their demise through politically correct means. <clears throat> Today, uh, the President of the United States weighed in on the issue again, this time saying that he would have been a Trayvon Martin 35 years ago. Because remember the first time he said that he said he would, if he had a son his son would look like Trayvon Martin. Okay, so now today he says he would have been Trayvon Martin 35 years ago. Hmm. Is, I, I just want to know, is that an admission of guilt, Mr. President? Are you saying that you would have been caught dead, literally caught dead, with the seemingly innocuous ingredients for making lean or what they call purple drink? As it is known on the streets? Or is it today you are just drinking the Kool Aid watermelon flavored iced tea and you don't know what the blazes you're talking about, really? So I have got a suggestion. Remember to take that silver spoon out of your mouth before you pop a Skittles, okay? And I have to give credit where credit is due to my good friend Martin Baker, right here in Missouri who told me that it was just the president. He coined the term for me, the Kool-Aid flavored iced tea. So I got to throw that out there. Martin, if you're listening, kudos to you. Now, on to the reason why I threw that monologue out there is because so much attention has been taken up by this case. And I personally didn't even know it had gotten this bad because I – actively avoided coverage of the Zimmerman trial while it was in progress uh, from the from the beginning to the end because really there was one thing that is that is true about this there is nothing special or unique about the Martin Zimmerman incident or the trial if you think that just because Martin was a teenager and that somehow it makes makes it particularly important then uh, you have made my case against abortion for me. It's the fact that a teenager, and one that is as commonly wayward as a million just like him, can move and sway the emotions and the heart of America to pay attention to the trial of his killer, who, was a, who is a completely average and frankly forgettable man. Then why can't America be moved to recognize that the generation of those that are currently developing the womb are the most vulnerable victims of all. If you believe that the death of a teenager is tragic, then how much more tragic is the death of 57-plus million children in the womb who will never have a chance to buy freaking Skittles and iced tea from anywhere at any time? The abortion-supporting ideology is ugly. It is a hypocrisy. It is an ugly hypocrisy, only surpassed in ugliness by the behavior of abortion-supporting people. I want to tell them, now this is back, you know, because I have a praise about Texas. So this is a reference to what's happened in Texas. I want to tell those people that were protesting in, in Texas, to take their tampons and their jars of urine and feces and say out loud, I value this more than I value the life of an individual more vulnerable than me. Because, why would I ask them that? Because at least they saved their scat, but they still don't find any purpose in keeping a baby alive that they deem unworthy of life. So if you find yourself on the receiving end of this little rant, and I hope for you is that inconsistency within your impaired impaired sense of morality and rectify it. If morality is relative, then racism doesn't matter. The only way that the Zimmerman case has gotten the attention that it has is because the media knows how to manipulate you. knows how to manipulate the public on the very objective moral notions that you have. And when you have fixed your moral notions, you will understand that the victims, the truly innocent victims uh, in in their deaths, and somebody may take issue with this, but I can't lay this at the feet of a person like Tanya Reeves because she had her life taken from her by Planned Parenthood, when she thought and she bought the lie that she was doing something right for herself. It is never right to take the life of your unborn child. And honest to goodness, we know that when women see ultrasound pictures of their unborn baby, 80% of them choose life, and the more informed a woman is about the life that is growing within her if she's pregnant, the less likely she is going to choose to abort, that the more you know, the more pro-life you get, and the more you know, the less you buy the lie that what's growing inside pregnant women are cancerous tumors or blobs of tissue. And so this is why yesterday we attended the Justice for Justice for Tanya not justice for Trayvon, justice for Tanya, press conference. Because the same time that the Zimmerman trial has been going on, nothing but nothing has been done about the Planned Parenthood facility that wasn't even supposed to be performing abortions, has been performing abortions, and it is the one that killed Tanya Reeves. Now we have um we have two other people who are not on the line yet <laughs> who wanted to uh who I wanted to talk about uh, this press conference in greater detail. Um and it's call Collins, so I'm going to keep um talking about how this is the case and several others a very clear tragedy that should take on greater importance other than the Zimmerman trial. So, Thomas, if you're listening, you can tell our esteemed guest, Ms. Babette Holder, to come and Colleen, and to come on uh, our program. I would love to hear from them and to hear their firsthand account of their impression of the press conference and what they learned from it. And um, what what we think that, society and those that are interested in real justice need to do to keep the memory of Tanya Reeves alive. So I wanted to uh, add to this. I wanted to add to this that when we talked about Tanya Reeves yesterday, what was painfully obvious was that her death is, is not just a murder of passion. It was a murder of negligence, utter negligence. Now, if you guys, if if our audience doesn't doesn't remember the Tanya Reeves incident, it is she is a woman who went in to obtain an abortion at a Chicago Planned Parenthood, and the abortionist botched her abortion, not only left parts of her unborn child in her, but perforated her uterus and she began to bleed, and instead of transferring her to the hospital that was less than two miles away. They waited. The abortionist had her bleeding in the facility for five-plus hours. I think they might have thought that they were going to fix her problem themselves, but in any event, they couldn't. And so they finally took her to the hospital now, there was no 911 call ever placed for an ambulance to take her to the hospital. I don't know how they got her to the hospital, but when they did, the hospital ER staff noticed that nobody that dropped her off stayed to tell them what her condition was or what was wrong with her. They had to figure it out on their own that she had obtained an abortion, abortion was botched, they had to try to fix the mistakes of the previous abortionist, but they were too late. She lost too much blood, she was in shock, she had become infected with the the body parts that stayed in her body, and she ultimately died. And she died because of negligence. Of sheer negligence. And what has what is being done about these unsafe Practices by abortionists in Planned Parenthood, absolutely nothing. Now, I learned something. I learned something I didn't know about Chicago Planned Parenthood abortion clinics this week. One of the speakers this week had revealed that the reason, okay, I, I I I don't know how to say it anyway other than this. Planned Parenthoods in Chicago are not classified as medical or surgical facilities. Therefore, they do not have to be regulated or inspected. Yet they commit surgical abortions and other kinds of abortions every day. The aborture, like I said, the abortuary that killed Tanya Reeves was not even supposed to be committing surgical abortions uh, under Planned Parenthood's organization. So my question about that is what else do you think Planned Parenthood is hiding from the public? On the line we have, we have, uh, my good friend today, the woman who just gave me the, her home and her love and her family to, to love on my kids and myself this week, uh, Babette older. Hi, Letitia. How are you? Hi, there, there. Welcome to the Pro Life Fridays radio program.
5: Thank you. Glad to be here and join you. Miss you already.
2: <laughs> oh, it was great too. It was, it was. I am so appreciative. Your family was so awesome to us. It was great, and you put oh. up with. You didn't have a little boy in your house before, and you did while mine was there, and you guys were very patient with him. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's very sweet. <laughs>
5: I just want to say if I had a son, your son would be it.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, that's worth $20 and big giant chocolate bars for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about, because you were there at the press conference, too. Tell us just what you thought about that, what you got out of it, and what needs to be done you know, going forward.
5: Well, this press conference was not only for remembrance for Tanya Reed. It was also to advocate for um, a Tanya law. It's to reform Illinois abortion um, laws. As you stated earlier, they're not actually listed as certified medical surgical clinics or uh, centers. No, so therefore they aren't really regulated. And so therefore the you know with no regulations, like I spoke at the press conference. Um, Some of these places haven't been inspected for a decade or more. Wow. So what they're hoping, and yeah, what we're all hoping for is to get regulations so that they will have to be inspected more often. I believe nail salons in the state of Illinois are inspected more than the abortion clinics. For instance, like I gave that instance about that clinic in Lincolnwood, Illinois, that was fined thirty-six thousand dollars, and they wouldn't call. No, they would not perform CPR on one of the women there having an abortion when needed. Uh, yeah, I think I heard that story. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. So, well, it was. Yes, it's horrible. It's deplorable, in the and the conditions. Lincoln Woods Clinic was not the only one. There was one up in Rockford, Illinois. Um, And and I'm sure there's many others across the state. And like you stated, Tanya Reed was left there to bleed
2: for five hours. Yes, and that begs the question, if Planned Parenthood cares about women so much, why didn't they give her the care she needed to save her life?
5: That's right. That's right. And and it makes you, you know, and, and that's another thing, they didn't even send over the information for her to get the care to save her life once she was finally delivered to a hospital. So they didn't weren't sure about how to treat her either at that time.
2: Right. That that was clear yeah. from the reports that nobody had stayed to inform the ER staff just why she was com- almost unconscious. They just dropped no. her off and walked away.
5: That's correct. And so, you know, like I stated, the war on the woman aren't coming from the right.
4: Mm-hmm. The war
5: on women is on their wounds and those who advocate and 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 bless Planned Parenthood. So I mean, it, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful conference to be at and to see so many people who are so dedicated. They came from all across the nation to advocate for someone that they never met before because all life is precious. Right. We may not right. advocate for abortion, but Tanya Reeves. Deserves her right to life and to be treated in a humane way, and, and, and I think if she had gotten that love or the true information from a Planned Parenthood clinic, she might be here today, and so would that baby.
2: Right? How? So here, uh, war on women. Here's the that's that that's caught my attention because here I'm thinking, where is Al Sharpton? Where is Jesse Jackson? Where are the media people when it comes to trying to to alleviate the problems that they think exist, uh, the racism and everything? Where are they when it comes to Tanya Reeves? Well,
5: you know that they really aren't there. They they never came. And and I the funny thing is this this was in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. but particularly Jesse Jackson. Um, This was around his area. They could have easily themselves came. Many people have never heard of Tanya Reeves. And and the small news articles on Tanya Reeves, other people across the nation don't really know about this story. They disappeared. Yet Trayvon Martin and, and George Zimmerman, It's still, to this day, constantly circulating. New articles are popping up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The federal government is now weighing in. And and yet all across the nation, we're having these sort of murders. These are murders. These are not accidental surgical deaths. These aren't Mm -hmm. deaths by someone's heart stopping on the table. These are deaths by someone like Tanya Reeves losing 1.5 liters of blood that was inside the cavity of her uterus. Right. Right. So I, I don't know, Letitia, where to tell you, but they need to sit up and start listening since they advocate that they are out there for the people. They need to be out there, and they need to go since abortion is legal at this time for the time being they need to also advocate for these women's lives at these clinics. I really don't even want to call them a surgical center. That's a discredit well, to not, the they're, um they're not even right.
2: they're not even called surgical centers in the in in the city of Chicago. Right. That's right. That's
5: right. But um, they need to be there and they need to be there also with the young men who are affected by this. And Absolutely. we don't know the Right. There's men out there with similar stories. And Tanya Reed left behind a son and a fiancé. Yeah, there there was the future for her her little son. He was, I believe, one
2: year old at the time, just last year. Right. He was, yes, he was still, he was an infant at the time, so he would be about two years old now. Yes, and he's, he's lost a mother.
5: That is right. That is right. You and know. and
2: who and then and, and, and because they're not
5: regular in reporting or inspections, re- inspection, we're not really even sure the total count of those who may have had complications and serious issues later. Right. Right. Tanya Reed isn't it you know, Tanya Reed's not the only one who's gone in and um I believe it was stated by um one of the doctors that Statement at the conference that uh, it was Catherine Davis too who stated that they have found pregnancy matter. Well from my research on the abortion clinics too, and, and particularly relating to my state of Illinois and some of the, the few cases and newspaper issues, repeat having to go back and have a repeat D and E is not uncommon. Oh Which dear. Yes, which increases your risk for a preparation of the uterus or hemorrhage. Right.
2: Right. Right. So,
5: and and in the danger to the day that we can see a Tanya Reeve's law on the law books. As I know that would be um, great. That's right. And and it was Learn and um the um, National Black Um Pro Life Coalition that sponsored this event, Learn is Life Education and Resource Network, which is with Pastor Cesar LaFleur, and they did an excellent job with putting together um, pro-life pastors, activists, and advocates across the nation to come in and take this um, vocal stand and submit our statements to to the legislators here.
2: Right. Right. What what is what do you think it's going to take for people to sit up and listen and to take note of what's happened? You know, Tanya Reeves being just one woman of many that have been harmed by abortion. What I would like is, is for women who have had
5: the abortion, in particular, who can state their experience because, There's a lot of women out there that I've even spoken to myself and some other advocacy work that I've done that, you know, they have a hard time. It's a real hard time on the psyche and physically after the abortion. Mm -hmm. The whole person, it is not how it is explained to them when they go in. Um, It does not, um, how do you say it, wipe the board clear for them to move forward. These women's Mm -hmm. um, stories, be captured and submitted, and and also basically is going to take the communities in particular the black community, just like they did here with the pastors, um, to protect marriage, and they need to have these communities come forth. There, you know, we met some lovely ladies also yesterday that you know, has an organization called Blacks Against Abortion. Right. We need I met more that. of those in the community. You know, people tend Absolutely. to um, stand up, take notice of their own peers. So, That's
2: right. And yeah. they are going to be future guests on the Pro-Life Fridays radio show, just to let you know. That I'm going to leave that out there as a teaser. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that show. <laughs> well
6: yes, just, they did you Did you
2: Meet me for... Because
5: I, I, unfortunately, as you know, <laughs> we had a booked weekend this
2: weekend. That's but it. Well, tell us it. what you are doing, and uh, particularly your organization, so that we know that uh, that we give credit where credit is due. Well, I'm
5: that holder. I am a cousin of uh, Eric Holder's, but I am the conservative holder. And the group that I am a co-founder with my partner, Colleen Stevens, um, we advocate on pro-life and Second Amendment and um, those sort of policy reform issues that people are facing today, jobs for Americans, but pro-life is one of our dear endeavors. So what we are doing is we're just going around getting together ourselves to organize our own awareness campaigns and events. We're also bloggers. We're media bloggers. Um, we have a blog site. It's called Org, And we have, on average, about 80 countries we've tracked that follow us. People from different, 80 different countries read our blog. So Great. we will wow. be updating everyone at Org.
2: Wonderful. And I well, want to thank for all, you. Uh, Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I will be in touch, and you can bet you I'll ask you back on the show another time. Thank you for coming on. That
5: sounds great, Latisha. Thank you very much. All right.
2: Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later, Bevett. Bye. (laughs) And that was Bebitt Holder from The Last Civil Rights, and uh, she's a wonderful lady. Let's take a break, and we will be back with Anna Marie Hoffman to talk about her documentary project. Thank you.
0: Society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit from continuing their kind. Three generations of imbeciles are enough. I do not join in the belief that the African is our equal in brain or in heart.
5: We are paying for and even submitting to the dictates of an ever increasing, unceasingly
2: spawning class of human beings who never should have been born at all.
0: The laws of nature require the obliteration of the unfit. The best way to hate a nigger is to hate him before he is born.
5: American eugenicists were routinely praising Hitler and holding up the Nazi eugenics program as a model for the United States to copy
0: Non-white races must be excluded from America. The red and black races, if left to themselves, revert to a savage or semi-savage state in a short time. The only way possible of decreasing Negro population is by means of controlling fertility birth control facilities could be extended relatively more to Negroes than to whites, since Negroes are more concentrated in the lower income and education classes. We
7: hope that the restraint of population growth can come about through voluntary means. But if it does not, involuntary methods will be used.
5: There should be national sterilization for certain dysgenic types of our population who are being encouraged to breed and would die out for the government not feeding them.
0: If this movement continues, we soon may be accused of fighting poverty by eliminating the poor and overcoming hunger by removing the hungry.
7: For all their failures, what the eugenics movement had accomplished was to lay the foundation for the next phase of their plan. And this is where they would find the success that they had been chasing for over 100 years.
2: And welcome back to Pro-Life Friday's radio. Our talk lines are open. The number to call in is 760-542-3907. If you want to talk to me or ask our host, uh, me, your host, ask a question, or to ask a question of our guest who lives today, Anna Maria Hoffman. And you, Anna Maria, have been very Mm -hmm. busy. (laughs) You've been very busy
1: working
2: on a ton of things. I have totally enjoyed um, the things that you are sharing with us on Facebook. Thank you. And one of those things – oh, you're welcome. One of those (laughs) things is is a documentary film – do I have that right? It's a documentary film project?
8: No, it's actually not. It's just a YouTube video, and we just released it today. It's called Young Men Speaking Out for Life, and it has gotten a ton of attention – um Michelle Malkin sent a tweet about it today. Um Katie Pavlich wrote a little blog post on Town Hall about it. Uh, we had Heritage Foundation tweet it out to people. So it's been getting a lot of attention and at the moment we don't know how many views we've had because there's so much. Um so many people watching it. So we'll find out later. All right. But basically, um twenty eight young men across America um, submitted video clips to our to our project, um, our pro-life men's video project. And the reason why we did the video project is because oftentimes abortion advocates silence men, you know, on the abortion issue, and they think that men don't have a say in abortion because, oh, it's not your body, not your choice. So mm-hmm. basically we noticed that there wasn't a video or anything out there like, featuring young men, like, talking about this issue. So we were like, okay, why don't we just, you know, create something. So we were asking for submissions, you know, maybe starting a month ago or something or a few weeks ago. And then today we just released it, and it's been getting a lot of wonderful attention. It's a nice crowd of um, 18- to 29-year-old young men across America from all walks of life, and they present, you know, the pro-life issue in different ways but it's like the same message so they were required to answer the question why are you pro-life and they also answered the question why should men be pro-life so great that was basically the video and it's just doing really well
2: okay it's a uh, three minute 49 second video I'm actually going to play the yes. audio uh, for that sure. on, on air for you for our audience apologies if the sound okay. quality is not the best but here we go
7: I am pro-life because if it were up to Nancy Pelosi, anyone under the age of 40 would not be here. Because abortion is sacred ground. I'm pro-life because I believe that without life there could be no liberty or pursuit of happiness. I'm pro-life because we have a duty to protect the lives of those who can't be themselves. I'm
1: pro-life because
7: I believe every day we should have a chance to live. Why am I pro-life? Because I'm a Christian. And in the Bible, God makes it very clear when it's okay for us to take innocent life. Namely, never. I am pro-life because before I was formed in my mother's womb, God had a plan for me, and I want to fulfill that plan. I'm pro-life because I don't think human life should be valued on a sliding scale, and I don't think our worth as a people is determined by how developed we are or how dependent we are. I'm pro-life because I hate the idea that murder is okay so long as the victim is small and weak enough. This is an idea that should have left American law with the end of slavery. I am pro-life because the concept of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness not only pertains to those outside the womb, but also those inside the womb. I am pro-life because faith informs me that all human life is sacred, and because reason informs me that human life begins at the moment of conception. I am pro-life because I believe that the most vulnerable of us all deserves protection. And I see that without life, we have no liberty. I am pro-life because I believe it is my duty to give a voice to those that have no voice for the defense of those that cannot defend themselves. And that begins without war. I'm pro-life because life is sacred and shouldn't be given to work based on size or age. I am pro-life because I believe that every human life should have the chance to live and experience all that life has to offer. I'm pro-life because no legitimate moral system places a higher value on a woman's so-called right to choose over that child's right to life. Men should be pro-life because it's not a gender issue. It's about preserving the sanctity of life. Other men should be pro-life because we love the ladies and we need to encourage them to protect life. Men should really get involved in pro-life women because a lot of women need men to really step up in their lives. The life issue really affects men as much as women. Men are supposed to honor and be considerate of the women in their lives. And if this takes place, they cannot let a woman go through with the emotional and physical harm that comes with abortion. Men should be pro life because abortion isn't just a women's issue nor a men's issue. It's a children's issue. I think it's easy for society to relegate abortion as a so called women's issue, but I think that as men, we are called to be the leaders of our family, and that starts the moment that our children are Men should be pro life because it's just as much the father's child as it is the mother's, and we should have a say as to whether or not our child is to die, too. I think it's important that men are pro-life in the sense that I believe that everybody should have the opportunity to live and be free in a society that promotes freedom and individualism. I believe all men should be pro-life. That is because real men everywhere should protect those, who cannot protect themselves. All men should be pro-life because they the harm of abortion. I and mean, they know it's always wrong if we accept that we must be silent on the issues of life, we have silenced half of the voices that could stand for life. Saving life is not limited by gender. Men are supposed to protect women and children, and that starts by first protecting the unborn, who are most innocent and defenseless. As men, we should stand for life, because the choices of women affect the fate of us all, and we were all born.
2: All right, that was the entire video.
4: And
2: did you get
8: many more submissions? Um, no. (laughs) We got we got we got some people that wanted to submit um, video clips, but you know we had a deadline and we had to (laughs) work accordingly. But yeah, we got. I mean, it's twenty-eight men, twenty-eight different men. You know, from all walks of life, and as you could Mm -hmm. hear, that there were different answers. But it all blended so beautifully together, and I'm really proud of all of our participants. And some of them even want to continue to uh, work on some of our other video projects that we have coming out. Um, We're actually in the process of compiling a pro-marriage video project just featuring tons of young people. And so far we have like 46 people who are interested in participating in this. So I can really tell, especially, you know, we focus on the social and cultural issues at Countercultured, I can really tell there's this silent majority of, of people who just are eager to make themselves heard, but they might not know how to do so. We're really glad to provide the platform for them to do so. That is awesome.
2: And I am. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad. I'm really glad for those who sent in their videos. I yeah, I wanted a few of them to come on the air with us today, but I think they were not available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I would love to. I would love to get them to come on at a future date to kind of talk about mm-hmm. what motivated them to send in a submission to you. Cause that would be sure. Awesome because I think. I mean, do you think that real that men have really been told that they don't have a an opinion or a voice at all in the issue of abortion?
8: Yeah, I have noticed that, especially from, you know, the pro-abortion advocates. They constantly say that. And we also see that the pro-life movement, although there are men in it, we see that the pro-life movement is, is I would say, heavily dominated by women. So we just wanted to create this video, as I mentioned earlier, to, you know, give these young men the platform to speak on the issue and to make themselves heard So we're really excited right. That it turned out well And that it has been getting so much attention You know, we're very happy that Michelle Malkin Picked up on it as I mentioned earlier So it's just it's right. getting The attention that it really needs And I'm just very proud of our participants
2: Wonderful So where do you think that That the The, um, the voices supporting Abortion get the idea That um, only men support pro-life. That 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 the pro-life arena is actually dominated by men because you know they, the argument is if you were if you were a woman you wouldn't be pro-life. <laughs> mhm. Mhm.
8: Well, they could, get that They're probably idea? <laughs> they're probably falsely assuming that you know that. That people who are pro-life don't respect quote-unquote women's rights and and they probably think that um men fall into that category you know <laughs> and so that's their deceptive uh delusional thinking of course so i think that's what really it is and i um but the reality is though i i think that there are a lot of women in the pro-life movement there are men too of course but um we don't really see, like, young men very vocally out there. So, as I mentioned, like, that's why we did this video project.
2: Oh, well, awesome. So then your next project is about marriage. Um, are you mm-hmm. looking to release
8: future videos with, some, you know, where do you see this going? Um, Yeah, we're actually planning to do more video projects in the near future, we're just kind of expanding on the topics that we have present on our website, the the topics that we've blogged about and things like that. So we're looking to, you know, do a video project about like the hookup culture, about like femininity or, you know, the whole feminist movement, about like manliness. So we really want to um, you know, help people um give them a platform basically by helping to help them get their voice out because We realized, you know, that if we want to change the culture, which, you know, that is our ambition, of course, that, you know, the best way to do that is to unite with other young people um, and to make our voices heard and to make ourselves an unstoppable force, really, uh, by doing these projects, because not only, it you know, engages young people to be involved, but it also, like, bridges all of us together, and I would just say it's been amazing just getting all these video clips in and just building more relations with people and, you know, that want to do the same things like you, and they're now more motivated, I think, than before to speak their mind.
2: I certainly hope that this encourages people to speak out, and I hope that Mm -hmm. people take the initiative, too, Um, of posting their own videos. Actually, I think that's a great idea if you if yeah would, you know i would put it out there and, and if we do that remember i'm just talking off the top of my head now remember <clears throat> remember when there was this huge um gosh what was it called this video that that either mm-hmm. planned parenthood or somebody had said that all these women should upload their personal videos about why mm-hmm. they, they think that women should have a right to to choose abortion and even Sandra mm-hmm. Brooke had put her video on, like, Women Say or Women Do Something with mm-hmm. like that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just thinking maybe it would be awesome if men and women, young and old, were to put up their own, this is why I'm pro-life and I believe everybody should be pro-life Video up
8: on mm-hmm. YouTube.
4: Yeah, yeah. That I would mean, be
8: awesome. hmm I mean, even on Twitter, when I'm on there, I'm always encouraging young people to just amplify their voice using any means, but especially YouTube because, you know, it's visual and it's engaging. So it kind of ties in with what you were saying right here, Letitia. So, yeah, they should just use YouTube because it's an excellent tool. It has really helped our website to grow and um, for us also to connect with other people and to you know, to make the waves that we're making. So it's been very fulfilling. Awesome. Now give their website one more time for our audience. Sure. It's www.counterculturedusa.com. And um, also, just to note, that we did have a big interview with Ryan T. Anderson at the Heritage Foundation a few weeks ago here in Washington, D.C. So if any of the viewers are interested, and I know this is not a pro-life issue, but um, if you want to watch the marriage video that we have with him, it's really well done, and um, it's very informative, and it's the first time that Ryan has ever been interviewed by young people. So it's kind of an inspiration. Inspiration for the this new video project that we're doing because we did talk about youth activism, for example, in that in that interview. So, awesome,
2: awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing, and um, thank you. Keep at it, I, and keep us informed about what you're doing. I love your Facebook post.
4: Absolutely, and for, thank you. For everybody listening,
2: <laughs> you know, check out the website, countercultured uh, dot dot. Mm-hmm. Is that right yes. .com. yes and uh remember to watch the video i know you've heard it here uh but go ahead and check it out on youtube that would be wonderful mhm so thank you so much Anna maria for being on the thank air you. with us today and uh, thank well, you guys, for the time mix-up. i know you were like on the phone like for an hour before <laughs> we
8: put that's you okay. on that's okay uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh thank you and come back again
8: Absolutely, I will most definitely do that.
2: Okay, thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you.
8: Have a nice day. Bye. Thank you.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. And if you have a bye. question, if you have a question for me, and you have a question um, about the video at all, or want to find it on on YouTube, please call us here at seven six zero five four two three nine zero seven. I'm phone lines are open. I'm open to call today, and we're going to go back and talk about. Uh, Some other things, and I'll be back uh, from break with the stupidest thing ever. So hang in there. Welcome back to Pro-Life Fridays Radio. I am your host, Letitia Wong. Phone lines are open. The number to call in is 760-542-3907. If you have any questions for me, if you have any questions for Thomas, or you would love to just rant and rave until I push the button on you, you're welcome to do that, too, at my good pleasure. So, Thomas,
7: I know you're there. I am here.
2: So I, you had my take on the the press conference yesterday, Justice Fortanya. and what did – now you – they asked you to come – to stand up and tell your, a little bit about your story. Um, and you don't have to get into it again here on the air, but tell us a little bit about what your opinion was of the press conference and what you would like to see going forward.
3: Well – I just like um, Babette uh, said earlier. I believe that it was very it was very well put together, despite you know some things. But nothing's perfect in life. But I will say this: Let's just get right to the nitty gritty. Tanya Reeves did not deserve to die at the plant. At the hands of Planned Parenthood To me that's point blank
2: Yeah As I
3: agree You, You know You know how I You know my stance on abortion Abortion is wrong I hate abortion But you know what She did something She made a mistake But she did not deserve to die At the negligence Of a bunch of murdering Baby killing racist Individuals who have About Uh, have about as much tolerance for life as PETA has for people who wear fur. Hmm. So, you know, I find it rather interesting. You see those commercials that's really sad. You see the poor droopy-looking dog and some liberal actress on TV talking about he saved my puppy but at the same time they'll be the one the very ones advocating for one to kill their baby be able to kill their baby so yes what I would like to see going forward is I want to see Tanya's law pass I want to see Illinois get their stuff together and start advocating for regulation of the abortion clinic so that stuff like this don't have to happen. Everybody wants to get their pennies up in a bunch over Trayvon Martin after he's seventeen years old. Excuse me, you hypocritical bunches of so and so's if you can't if you can't protect and advocate for the life of the unborn, what right do you have to suddenly run the streets and protest over the life of of a seventeen-year-old hopped up on lean thug who was looking for trouble.
2: hmm Now, whether he was looking and for trouble all or not, been. he was—he was not uh, in the right himself. he no, was, he was, on was
3: not. I mean, that he was, was not wrong. That was—I mean, he was not... Go ahead, let
2: i mean, sorry. Even—even even if he was, I mean the. the the young man was clearly taking a homemade drug. That toxicology yep. report in the that that came out. As, they didn't talk about it much in the trial. I think they they excluded it from the trial, but it was
4: yeah, leaked it was. to the media,
2: and it was shown that that young man had. Trayvon Martin had drugs in his system, and it's because he was on lean. And typically, now I did not know about lean or what they call purple drink until yesterday
8: <laughs> when we were right. talking
2: about it. And so I decided to get on the internet and Google it and find out exactly what it is. Now it's a homemade drug. Anybody can do this. Basically, you just drink a whole bunch of robitussin or anything right. with codeine in it. And you drink a heck of a lot of it, more than what you would normally do. Like like instead of taking a couple of tablespoons like you would for a cold, you drink the whole entire bottle. Right. And and then you chase it with flavored drinks and candy. And that's supposed to augment the high that you're supposed to get out of it. And it's not really a high as much as it it's a depressant like marijuana would be a depressant. And what I learned was some people have even died from this concoction because they drank so yep. much it stopped their breathing,
3: yep, and you know what I have to say to that they didn't that was a life that was used, that that was wasted uselessly they did not have to throw their life away because they right. was looking for a reason to get high. It's like we say, when we say all life is precious, all life is precious. But if Trayvon Martin going to put himself in a position to jump someone after the fact, you reap what you sow. And all to all these people, who are around this country protesting, planning for a protest tomorrow in all these big cities? And I find it rather ironic. You protest for Trayvon Martin, and you can't even protest to save your own community from extinction. That's right,
2: so and they, so they can't protest, can, and they and they can't and they won't protest for a young woman who is a young mother. Who had her own sides torn up by a butcher
4: at right.
3: Planned Parenthood? Right.
2: I mean, if anything, that pr- she she died a very painful death, a very painful death, and let's nobody let's in the media the... seems to want to pay attention to that.
3: let's 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 paint let's paint a graphic picture for a minute. For those of you have, who have ever drinking a one liter bo- bottle of pop, take one and a half times those bottles that they now make, and that's how much blood she had in her uterus. So now right. you think about that the next time you wanna next time you wanna go out and protest someone trying to cut down the tree. Sometimes. And I say this tongue in cheek, but to all these liberals who are always advocating for populi- population control, why don't you start with yourselves? If you want to control the population so bad, you know, it will. You would do you do us in the world a favor if you started with yourself. But
4: it right. is what it is, right. and I
3: say it tongue in cheek.
4: Uh, it, I say that just, tongue-in-cheek,
3: but
2: Right, I get it, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I, I'm just reflecting on the tragedy, how how we are being manipulated. Like I said earlier, we are being manipulated left and right on, in the media to be told what we should think is important to pay attention right. to. Right. I mean, this, this trial, the Zimmerman trial, has been – on the air endlessly. Which is why I, I tried very hard to avoid it until the the verdict was read and the trial was over. The trial was over. And then okay, then then right. it's time to actually talk about what happened. Because while it was going on it was impossible um to get an objective feel for it because not everything was out there on the table. So now that it's right. over and that- people are still talking about it. I mean what I said about this I mean, being a very forgettable case Leticia, it is supposed to be a forgettable case.
3: Letitia. And here, here's what's so ironic. The stand the ground law did not want did not even come into being. And Oh I my think gosh.
4: Oh my gosh.
3: Call it.
2: This has nothing to do with your stand the ground laws. That's nope. as if I want to say, let's let's to make this case. About how skittles causes tooth decay, and we ought to have a law that prevents people from having tooth decay by eating skittles. Call me crazy that's how crazy this is
3: hey don't give no don't give the liberals any more ideas. you know we already have enough <laughs>
2: regulations,
4: but uh you know what I heard position. you know
2: what I heard on the way home. You know what I heard What's on up? the way home What's uh on on the radio, the federal government is now. Has now passed. I, I think. I don't know if it's the White House mandate. I think Congress, the liberal Senate. I have no idea which branch of government passed this law. But schools, public schools, have until July of next year. They have one year to implement new uh, low-calorie snacks in their vending machines and in their and in their okay. lunch menus. Man, They're
3: a bunch of idiots. Letitia, we got a yes. caller.
2: Okay.
3: So I'm going to mute myself, and you can take the call.
2: Why don't you hang in there, and we'll take the call. Um, so tell us, tell I know us a little who bit it more what you we were going to say. All
3: right. No, I, I, okay. I finished my point, so go ahead.
2: All right. Well, that's that's just the news I heard, that that now the federal government has to dictate to our kids what they can and can't eat in school. So hey calling life Fridays Radio, you're on the air. So my sister,
6: Colleen.
2: Hey, Colleen.
6: How are you? Hey, good
2: morning. I did not get a chance to say hello, good morning, and goodbye to you because you are sleeping and I wanted to let you sleep this morning.
6: But how you doing? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm doing good. Did you have a safe trip? Yes,
2: it was great. Uh, my kids behaved for the most part, and we got home great. Oh, good. Is, you know, a blessing. It is a blessing to always come home.
6: Oh, good! It was great to have you down there at the press conference. It was so good to meet you and everybody else and the strangest
2: thing ever, you know let me say this for thomas and from the last- when I first met Thomas, I was also in a room of completely a room full of black people, and I'm the only person that's not black. Not only am I not white i'm I'm another minority, <laughs> and you all are so polite. Not once did anybody ask, so what are you doing here?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves everybody there. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have to say? I, I know that you are dying to say something, so please take your time. Oh, yeah, I figured you wanted to talk to me about the conference. It actually went really, really well. I'm hoping that very good things will come from it. I hope we get Tanya's law passed. We're gonna be back in Washington, I believe, um, trying to get it get it through and get it heard and get it passed, which will be excellent because Chicago does need to regulate these abortion clinics and surgical clinics. They don't have them as as regulated, you know, and they don't they don't they don't, they don't what people don't understand is Pamp Parenthood doesn't explain anything to anybody when they go in there. And right. your parents or the people that are waiting to pick you up are literally waiting outside. So in cases like Tanya, um, they, they, you know, the family's outside. They don't know what's going on. Planned Parenthood is not doing their job, and they're trying to cover up their mistakes, and that's literally what it was, is they were trying to cover right. their behinds, which was why the ambulance wasn't called until later because they had to take her back in and keep taking her back in. They didn't keep the family apprised as to what was going on. So things like this, we need to get stopped. You know, when you go into a veterinarian and you take your dog in, and they'll tell you everything down to the medications, the, the you know, the bad things that can happen from your dog being on the medication, it's a sad day when you can go into the vet and get more information than you can out of, of Planned Parenthood.
2: That is sad. That is very sad. And it's equally sad um, that, you know, the had – Brought up the fact that nail salons have to be under more more tighter controls and safety inspections than a Planned Parenthood clinic.
3: Yes,
6: that that was one big thing, and she made sure to point out a few uh, cases when she was speaking about that, um, where the nail salons and things are not they're regulated more so than the than the clinic, and if they're right. not supposed to, if they're I don't understand how people can go into a place. You know that's not regulated. They're not doctors.
2: <laughs> they're oh they're yes,
6: consulate. we're finding a bunch of those every day. Some of them are just c n a Some of them are cross-rated over into things, and they're in a right. total different field. They're getting pulled into the light every day.
2: Exactly. And well, it was it was so good to see you and to finally meet you and talk to you. I know you were on the show a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. I love having you on. Your voice is is so important to uh, just everything, in the pro-life cause, and just the being a voice of reason. And I like how you added in, you know, your passion for wanting to see children after they are born to be well taken care of. I mean, let let yeah. nobody in the pro-life community say that you know we only care it's it's so tough, utter utter fiction we care about children we care about everybody from the time they were conceived to life to natural natural death um at that's the end correct. of life that's and
6: that's what pro life is all about is we're going to care about exactly. everybody's life not just um like in the cases with Trayvon Martin we you know if the nation's crying over Trayvon Martin yes indeed it was tragic but we're we're having truly innocent kids Die every day in these abortion clinics, and where are the voices? Where's Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton in, in right. the in the black community or the Hispanic community? Because the Hispanics are getting targeted too. All minority and lower class whites are included in this too. They're getting targeted. So where are they in standing up and saying, "Hey, we need to get back to the family traditions and good morals and values," and therefore, you know, it would it would help in this fight to be a better place. It would help with um, if we get into the communities and we're able to talk with people, and that's what we as the last civil right try to do. We, we're out. Babette and I are out and are working within the communities, and we're talking with people because you're not going to do any good if Absolutely. you're just standing up on a stage talking. You have to get Absolutely. out there. Nobody likes to go in the ghetto, but we will. And you have Absolutely. to talk. You have to let them know what's going on around them, and you have to find a... A way to get in the door and talk to these people, and you go for what you have in common, and then you you go from there. And you, it's amazing because a lot of people will listen. And when you start changing the hearts of the minds of the people, that's when you'll get the laws changed.
2: Absolutely, amen to that. I, you know, he, he brought up. He, this has been swirling in my mind about Jesse Jackson and 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 Al Sharpton because they seem to be everywhere where they can have an advantage uh, to push a race card to push the push the race bidding card how do you average people in the black community feel about that i mean do they at some point in time feel like suddenly that the, these two especially these two gentlemen don't speak for them anymore
6: a lot of people do think that they do not speak for the black community. In fact, I myself am one of them. I would like to know what black meeting I missed where we had these elections. I must have been sick a day or two or something (laughs) because I didn't get to vote. Um, (laughs) Self-appointed leaders, it it happened during the the civil rights movement, and they they got their names out there, and they got known, so a lot of people – just listen to them because they are well known, They're, uh, they are out there, the media keeps pushing them out uh, I guarantee you if the media stopped giving them the limelight they would disappear and a lot of people would be happy and the black community would be a lot better off is what would happen and they would see that as soon as the race card isn't pulled I think they have those things on like a zip tie wrapped around their wrist, they can just whip it out whenever they have a chance to or whenever they need to but they, they're hurting their own people. They're keeping them down, and they're taking their money. They're making money off of their own people. And, yeah, as soon as we can get them out of the limelight, hopefully more people like me and Babette and all the pastors that Absolutely. were at this press conference can get out there, and they can start seeing some good examples of people that really care about their black community because people assume that we do not care about our black community, and we get called names. We get oh, We get torn down. But we actually do care about our community. We want to see them get better and get stronger. And people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and the NAACP leader that they have are over the national, even all the way down to the leaders of each each group in each state, they are not caring about what happens. If you're on entitlements your whole entire life, you know, that's not a good thing. You need to be able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You need good traditions and, and good family values. Otherwise, we're going to keep getting further and further until the black community is going to be extinct. And right now, the Hispanic community is getting targeted right after our usefulness has been worn out when it comes to politics. So they're targeting the Hispanics. So the Hispanics better start watching the black community and where the black community is headed because they're going to be there soon after we are. We you know we're Absolutely.
2: Dumb with they, right. That, the Hispanic community better look out because, you know, it, this is – Leftist progressivism doesn't have a, a racial boundary. They will stop it at nothing.
6: No, they will not stop at anything. Color right. does not matter to them. As long as they get what they want, that's it.
4: That's
2: right. And, yeah, you know, my hand is raised. I'm all for voting you and Ms. Babette Holder to replace Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson as Leaders in the black community speaking for for minorities, speaking for women, speaking and for we victims, would speak for
6: all minorities, and not
4: overcome, just pick and oh, absolutely. choose.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, to overcome this this mental slavery that that progressives are trying to put us under, so that we will Why lock we rephrase step <laughs> with our own destruction.
6: I would have to rephrase that. We would speak for all Americans. I wouldn't say minorities because we're all Americans first.
2: Amen. Amen to that.
6: All
2: right. Amen well, to that. Well, thank and I, would you be, for, I would be writing your name down. Yes. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, thank you for having me again on your show.
2: Oh, well, thanks for calling oh, me, uh, for calling, calling me on the me. show. Yeah, and it was. Fabulous meeting you. It was fabulous, and we have a caller. If you want to hang in there, let me take this caller, and we'll see what we come come up with. Hang in there, just a second, and I'll see what this caller is all about. Hey,
8: you're well, hello. How are you Friday doing? Radio show.
9: Hello. And how are you doing? This is Vincent. My name is Vincent uh, Thomas. is a very good friend of mine. I do a show called Black by Color Only on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday. <laughs> How are you all doing? All
2: right, welcome to the show.
9: I I've uh you know, I'm listening to you all show and I I really didn't want to call, call in because I know you all have a lot of uh, good points y'all wanted to get to
7: but uh Hey let- Letitia. Letitia, let me jump in
3: real quick. Hey Vincent, okay. I wanna thank you very much I wanna thank you personally from bottom of my heart for helping us get here. I want to say this on the air because you've always been a dear friend, and you, you were one that cared enough, and you, and you came through. Thank you so much for that.
9: So, did, so did we meet the goal?
3: No, but you know what? We we had enough that we got here. We did what we needed to do. We're uh, I'm actually still here, um, Letitia's back home, and the the press conference was phenomenal. You'll start oh.
9: seeing some videos up uh, pretty soon. Oh that that that's wonderful to hear. Um I'm 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 sitting here listening to the show and uh you know uh your your host I I don't know I, I didn't get her name uh is it Anna Leticia. Marie Hoffman oh the Oh yes Anna Maria Hoffman was
2: on earlier.
9: Oh okay but uh, I was sitting here listening to you, and I, I have to say, when when you mentioned, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't want to use the word scumbag because that might be too strong of a word, or might not be strong enough. But when you mentioned Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, um, after this week, I I man, I tell you, these these, these guys, and it's just like your uh, previous caller said, where were we when these guys were voted in? You know, where where were they? You know, and all, all they are a bunch of uh, racist pimps. That's all they are. They, they, they're they just profiting mm. off of this thing. And uh, if you want to talk about a major sellout, we have to go no further than Jesse Jackson because in the 1970s, he was one of the biggest opponents of abortion.
4: All he right. was one of the loudest voices
9: yes. out there against abortion. Then in, in, somewhere in the 80s, the early or uh, the mid-80s, you know uh he you know he wants to run for president and he wanted to run under the democratic ticket the democrats said okay well if you want to run for, run with us you're going to have to change your stance on abortion and that's exactly what he did so if anybody um, wants to call a black person a sellout there you go right there jesse jackson is your sellout he's the example right there
2: yes i remember reading his uh, some of the transcripts of his speeches where he used. Now I'm I'm younger than the 70s. <laughs> I
4: was born <20 laughs> in the 70s, but so I
2: don't remember what happened in the 70s. But I remember that reading a lot of what Jesse Jackson had to say in the past. And yes, his tune was very different, much more conservative, much more built on uh, personal responsibility. He he was actually preaching against all the violence in the black among blacks. And he did not victimize black people. He said that he preached a very positive message for black people to overcome their circumstances and rise above it and do well. And now
9: instead... Things- yeah, go ahead.
6: Go ahead, go ahead
9: yeah well, one of the things that got me is I read one of his statements, and I'm like, Well, this sounds a lot like what we are saying today, what he said back then, right <laughs> that abortion is causing the extermination of the black race. He said that back in the seventies, and we're seeing that today, and now you know he just he's just distanced himself from it, so if you want to talk about a sellout right. or or a jigaboo, then you go right there <laughs>
2: uh, absolutely. The message hasn't changed. The message mm-hmm. hasn't,
9: hasn't changed. changed. He changed, and it, it, it's a sad. It's a sad thing, and it's just like your caller said. Uh, uh, I heard someone say that uh, we we can sit here and we can protest for Trayvon Martin, but we can't protest against an action that is leading to the extinction of the black race. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we you know we're talking about a lone action, and um, you know. I'm I'm, I'm just getting in from Wilmington. I've been uh, vacationing, and uh, my wife and I, we, you know, we were sitting in a hotel room, and the news channel we were tuned to the most was Fox News, and uh, I miss Fox News, <laughs> but <laughs> but we were sitting there, and I'm sitting, I'm I'm listening to Sean Hannity talking to this congressman. I forgot his name. Congressman Rush, he's an older black gentleman,
4: mm-hmm. and right. he's
9: just talk. He is just talking. This nonsense and the first thing that is going through my head is how in the world did these people even become congressmen I'm listening to this man talking and he's just talking a bunch of garbage I mean nothing what Hmm. he said made any kind of sense how in the world did you get elected you know and of course you 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 got a low information voters that's how they got there right and I'm
4: listening to this guy
9: he can't give a straight answer he can't answer a simple question. He's over there. He's all caught up in you know Trayvon Martin was stalked and all. And man, get get, get out of here with that mess. I I, I, I wanted to punch <laughs> the TV. I, I really did. I was I just wanted to get up there and punch the TV because I said, man, how in the world did this guy even get elected? I mean, he 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 should just resign, just like Barack Obama should resign. But anyway, I I digress. <laughs> uh, Right, right. Um. So yes,
8: I.
2: So you. I want to thank you. Apparently, I did not know uh, the list of our donors at, who helped us to Chicago. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and I think we are all better because of it, and we are working to try to uh, to spread the word and to help get Tanya's, laws pa- Tanya's law passed. And, and if people are wondering about what that is, it is a law
8: that will force
2: abortion clinics abide by the same standards most surgical facilities have to abide by which means they are under constant inspection and constant uh, regulation as they should be if if women are going to these facilities to have major surgery voluntary surgery done to them and this is what it is it's not a medical procedure I'm not going to dignify abortion by calling it a medical procedure but it is a surgical procedure uh, then they have to abide by the same standards. You can't walk into an urgent care clinic with a with a cut on your arm, without them having to adhere to very strict health and safety standards. How can you go into an abortion clinic and make yourself a hundred percent completely vulnerable? In the in I, to, I don't want to get graphic at this moment, but you are completely vulnerable. To the abortionist and not have those same standards apply.
9: Exactly.
2: So, what Tanya's Law is going to do is to be able to treat abortion facilities uh, by law to have them regulated as they would any other surgical facility. If nobody walks into an abortion clinic to get a band aid, let me tell you that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, well, thank you for calling. Was there something else you'd like to add to that?
9: No, it. it I, I just had a. I just felt like I wanted to put my little two cents in. You know, I'm, I'm a ranter, You know, and Thomas would tell you, you come on my show, I'll, I'll rant for the longest
4: time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you're welcome to. You are welcome to come on our show and give your opinion, and and call in again
9: okay and i appreciate the job that you all are doing and uh really i want to say that i feel honored to have been able to uh been a part of helping that cause to go forward so you know anytime you you all ask me i'll see what i can do
2: oh well that is a very generous offer that is so sweet and i do appreciate it yes thank you
9: yeah thank you
2: all right hey thomas if you're still there uh you
3: wanna say goodbye to our guests before he goes? <laughs> Vincent E. Brown, I appreciate you and you can say hi hello to the vet and Colleen. okay <laughs> You should know but the Facebook friend too. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly.
9: Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I I really appreciate you all because uh, really um to in, in in honesty, and I know I have a lot to say, and uh, you know when I do my show and everything, but I really do look up to you guys because you all really bring in the details and everything. Something that you know, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm not as good at bringing the details as you all are, but I do kind of look up to you guys, and I say, you know what, these guys are doing a good thing here, and this, these are the people I'm going to try to attach myself to, and look up to. You know, and, and not not trying to say you're a mentor or something like that or anything, because like I said, I got my own show and everything, but uh, you guys you guys really bring it, and, and I appreciate the job that you all do and the stand that you are taking for righteousness and for the truth.
2: Oh, uh, we are all good well, friends here. What is the name of your show again, and when is
9: it's it? Black, it's Black by Color Only. Uh it comes on uh, Saturdays at 7 o'clock. And uh, we and the reason why we call it Black by Color Only is because this show is not about race. It's all about the truth.
2: Amen. Yeah. Very nice.
9: And you all all right, are welcome to come t- anytime. So you know. All right. <laughs> oh,
2: uh, thank you very much. I'll take that open invitation. I'll take you up on that. You got bet, you gotcha. Okay.
4: <laughs>
2: all right. We're gonna take a short break right now and be back with the stupidest thing ever.
7: Hands open right, put your hands up side by side. Age don't matter like race, don't matter like place, don't matter like what's inside. It's a kick
1: drum kick one time.
2: And <laughs> welcome back to Pro-Life Fridays Radio. I am your host, Letitia Wong. Thank you for joining us for Pro-Life Fridays Radio. And I said we would be back with the stupidest thing ever. I've got actually a tie for the stupidest thing ever today, And but I, I want it. First, start with a praise, 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 thank God, hallelujah, times a 1000 There the good fallout of the bomb that went off in Texas, which is HB2 and signed into law the abortion ban in Texas. Thank you, Governor Perry. This is the law that um, effectively um hold abortion clinics accounting accountable to higher safety standards. And Abby Johnson's former employer, Planned Parenthood, has had to close not one, not two, but three abortion clinics in Texas because of this law, including the one that Abby Johnson used to work for and she had tweeted out i have big 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 announcement and it ended up being that is her abortion clinic that she used to work for is the one that is affected by this law and will now close now what i mean the praise i have is kind of obvious for that um some of I know I have to kind of mediate what I say about these things, and and not say it's all you know, it's all good it is good I want to say first and foremost it is good that this abortion clinic, and this one in particular is kind of symbolic for Abby Johnson that these three clinics that have shut down is a good step in the fight for pro life because number one these clinics should not have existed in the first place that's my point of view. Now, there are people out there that want to come out and say, it's not good enough. They're not all closed. We haven't passed the personhood amendment. We ha- No, we haven't yet. And that's all I have to say about that. We haven't yet. But we are darn sure trying to. But in the meantime, if we can shut down unsafe abortion clinics, not unlike the ones that killed Tanya Reeves in Chicago, then, by golly, I am so glad that Governor Perry and any Republican governor and even any Democrat governor who would sign a bill like this into law, making it, first of all, harder for women and children to die so wantonly is a good thing. Second of all, abortion clinics should be held to higher cleanliness, responsibility, everything, regulation, standards. If they are going to be pardon the way I'm going to now I'm going to get graphic. Now I'm going to get graphic. If an abortionist is going to reach up into a woman's vagina to pull out her unborn baby and cut it after cutting that baby up into a million pieces and trying to put in, put that baby into a suction vacuum and dismember it and suck it out of her body and introduce instruments into her body not only that you know but uses hands to do that the deed of killing an unborn child this huge bloody un un immoral mess has to be regulated it is no different than a back, uh, what they call a back alley abortion if if this isn't done what's the difference what is the true difference between an illegal abortion and a legal abortion if everything about it is exactly the same so heck if we are going to have to endure legal abortion in this country then it is the responsible duty of pro-life people and our pro-life politicians and our leaders in office to make dang sure that the fewest number of women are harmed by this butchery and we are working hard to make sure it becomes illegal so that no more children become butchered by this process. And I'm sorry if that is not as articulate as I want it to be, but off the cuff, I just wanted to give a great big shout-out to the state of Texas for doing the right thing. Death is not a right, and we're going to learn that and learn that now, otherwise you can look over across the ocean to Europe and the the legalized death that they have and how they argue for justifying it. It is ugly. Life is so cheap there that if you don't fulfill people's expectations of your product productivity, and your ability to produce and your ability to enjoy life as it is and your ability to experience uh, a quality of life that somebody else has made up for you that, that they think you should maintain, then your life is expendable. It is George Bernard Shaw's dream come true. He's the one that talked about death panels on film. Over 100 years ago. Well, maybe not over 100 years ago. Almost 100 years ago. And here we are right back at it. This is so far beyond abortion. Abortion is a, a big puzzle piece in the entire pro-death mentality. We talk about it more because it is legal. Let me go on. Amen, Texas. Let me go on See the other, the other stuff which is just awesome, awesomely the stupidest thing of the day, stupidest thing ever, and I have a tie. I'm sorry, I have a tie today. So I'm going to quickly read them both. The first thing, I think the first thing I'm going to choose is, is Cher. Yes, Sunny and Cher, that's who I'm talking about. If Cher had a last name, I could identify her better, but it's just Cher, and she had said last, a couple of months ago, uh, she was asked about uh, sharing her past. And it, and that's when she revealed to the public that she had almost been aborted by her mother. And her mother was literally um, going to an abortion clinic and changed her mind. She said um, in the article from LifeSite News that, her mother had recently separated from her husband back when um she was pregnant with Cher when she found out she was pregnant. She had moved back with her own mother and she uh and found out that when let's see, when she found out that her daughter was Cher's mother was expecting she gave her an ultimatum. Um reunite with her husband or get an abortion. Well, Cher's mother had first accepted the uh, offer of abortion so that um, she was almost at the clinic, and she changed her mind. And she said she couldn't do it, and so she put Cher up in an orphanage for a little while after she was born. And so Cher kind of grew up um, not having her mother around much. Her mother had very little means to take care of an infant, and so the orphanage took care of Cher for a long time. But instead of valuing the life that she had, now that she's so famous and she is a success in life, she still defends her choice to, uh, to abort her own child if she wanted to. She defends abortion. You know, rape, incest, ah, Planned Parenthood is great. We we need that they help me. They help women protect against ovarian cancer. I don't know how, seeing as Planned Parenthood offers very few actual health services. I I at, at best some poor women receive a limited amount of screening that Planned Parenthood does for breast cancer for um for cervical cancer. But you know what? The actual work kind of like my doctor is done in a laboratory away from the office. When I go to my OBGYN and I get um I get my my annual checkup,
4: he doesn't look
2: my doctor is not the one to analyze my sample. That gets sent off to a hospital lab or an independent lab to analyze the results, and then the results come back to my doctor. Well, that's not different from what Planned Parenthood does. And any woman at any state MUN clinic, if she is uh, needing that financial help, can get that at a state hospital or get that under um, so, and uh, taken care of under Medicaid. You can. Planned Parenthood is virtually useless. I mean, they are duplicating what any other doctor can do. I'm just going to leave that out there. So for Cher to com to continue to defend abortion, even though she is the beneficiary of a choice for life, is downright hypocritical, and it is stupid. It is stupid for her to say that. It's totally hypocritical. And the biggest, 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 stupidest thing ever story that I have today is bro stinking choice. Which I say is bro caveman, it's bro, it's pro Neanderthal behavior. So this guy decides to stick up for the pro abortion side, and he writes against uh, Texas's HB2 that bans abortion after 20 weeks. And so he speaks up, wanting to go against that, and he says, How HB2 Hurts Straight Texas Men. He says, your life is at stake. Your sex life is at stake. Pardon me. Oh, my gosh. Your sex life is at stake. Can you think of anything that kills the vibe faster than a woman fearing a back-alley abortion? I'm sorry. Let me back up and say it the way I hear it being said in my mind when when I'm reading this. I'm giving him too much respect just by saying it nicely. Your sex life is at stake. Can you think of anything that kills the vibe faster than a woman fearing a back alley of abortion? Making abortion essentially inaccessible in Texas will add an anxiety to sex that will drastically undercut its joys. And don't be surprised if casual sex outside of relationships becomes far more difficult to come by. It's clear, if the legislature basically takes away a Texas woman's right to choose, having sex becomes a much, much riskier proposition for women and men. Hurrah! All right. That's the way I hear it. Because only a Neanderthal caveman thinks abortion is useful for more sex with women you don't even care about. You don't give a flying leap about. It's all about how a woman who has anxiety over an unintended pregnancy can't get an abortion or and, and should, because if she were able to get an abortion, then she would be much more available emotionally, physically for take, being taken advantage probably yet another time by cavemen like him and i am i'm sorry that is a slam on cavemen i should actually say lascivious cave creep listen up women are not the receptacles for for your sexual desire Women are not sex toilets. Women are not your sperm toilets. Where you can get your 72-hour sex drive off. To say that somebody has to die so that you, bro toys, can have the sex life you want is beneath the level of caveman. At least the caveman stuck to one woman, dragged one woman back to the cave. (laughs) Or so it would seem like. Not two or three at a time. I know somebody's going to take me up on that. I just know. But caveman, cave creep, lascivious, cave slime, bro, choice. Ben Sherman, I'm sure there is some woman out there that that wishes you were aborted.
4: It's not me. It's
2: not me. I don't believe that. But I think you serve a useful purpose, especially for this show, to show how abortion is being used by people of every stripe to victimize women in every way, shape, or form. And, ladies, the longer abortion is legal, the more they're out there. You're going to see so many more guys out there that think like him. My friend Wintry, um, Wintry Knight, calls Ben Sherman not not bro choice, not even a man, but a man child, a male. He won't even say man. Kudos for him. I know if you're listening, I just made you famous. So, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for the stupidest thing ever. And I am really, really, I am done. You probably hear me rant about this again, but I am done for this today. It disgusts me that there are men out there that think abortion is for using women. But uh, there are. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this broadcast of Pro-Life Fridays Radio. Thank you for listening to me and my wonderful co host Uh, my wonderful co-host. I think he he put his phone on mute, and I think he's out of range. But thank you, Thomas, for being on the air with me today. And join us again next week. We are going to have more fabulous guests talking about the future of possible Tanya's Law and other guests that we're going to have on. It's going to be wonderful. Please join us again. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend.
7: Put your hands up, open wide. Right. Put your hands up, side by side. Age don't matter, like race don't.